Whether you're taking a rip down the lease road in your jacked-up truck or flying first class to Houston, Texas, it's time to sit back and relax for another exciting episode of Oil & Gas Onshore. This episode is brought to you by Tendeka, a global specialist in advanced completions and production solutions for the oil and gas industry. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, Justin Gautier. Welcome to this week's episode. We're here at the Canon with Onega Yulanova. Yes. Right? And Ray Burroughs. Was that pronounced correctly, Ray? Yes, yes, sir. Okay, got it. And they are both from Safer Union. First of all, how are you guys doing today? Awesome. Yeah. Very happy to be here and sharing news, exciting news about updates with our product, Safer Union. So yeah. very excited to be here. Good, good. What about you, Ray? Where did you come in from? You didn't come in from Shreveport with you. I came in from Longview, Texas. From Longview. Okay. Northeast Texas. Nice, nice, nice. Well, appreciate you guys coming in to uh, hang out with me. Hopefully, it's worth your time. <laughs> so, first of all, say your name. So, people obviously recognize that's Ray and that Oneg. I'm sure you don't have to re say it because between one being a lady and one being a gentleman and the accent, I'm sure everyone can figure <laughs> out who's who as we're talking here. So, I didn't know my accent was that noticeable. Oh, it is. From a Canadian like myself, it stands out like a sore thumb. So, I can understand. Onega better than I can you, Ray. So that just goes to show you, your guys' accents down here are pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so before getting started on talking about your unique product, I'd like to really just kind of get an idea of your story, your background, and how this came to evolve. So Onega, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of, you know, how you became, you know, part of this, you know, revolution called Safer Union? Definitely. So as you can hear by my accent, I am not originally from the United States. I'm coming from Kazakhstan, okay. the country between Russia and China. Yeah. So back in 2010, Louisiana Tech University, my alma mater, invited us to get a degree in engineering. And upon graduation, I joined American Petroleum Institute as an auditor. So ah. I spent several years doing audits. This is how I met Ray back in 2013. Yep. And after that, I launched a company, product design and development company. And this is how our roads crossed with Ray again. Okay. Because at what that company time, was that? It's LA New Product Development Team. I am still a partner of that company. So we okay. do product design and development and help companies bring new ideas to the market. And this is how Ray, we met with Ray again because he was working on this amazing product, Safe Reunion, mm. which is an alternative to hammer reunions. And I just fell in love with the product because it's needed. There are so many issues and challenges and injuries on the field mm -hmm. due to the hammers and hammer reunions. And I fell in love. And since a couple of months, we became partners. And right now, we are making sure that it will be an industry choice. Yeah. So how did you go from, you said Kazakhstan? Uh-huh. To going to school in Louisiana. Like, that just seems so Amazing question. So, apparently, Louisiana Tech University has a joint research with my university back home. Okay. Which is which one? So, it's on mechanical engineering. They were designing special type of material. And one of the professors from LaTeX came to visit us in Kazakhstan. Okay. And this is how the whole conversation started. And in 2010, yes, they invited us to get a degree here. I came, I came here with zero English. Yeah. So I was just smiling in American way. <laughs> <laughs> so you learned English when you came yes, over I here? Yes, I came here with zero English. Six months took me to get to school to pass that language test. Wow. And yeah. you did it. 
Yes, I did it. Actually, I failed three times. Hey, that's yes. okay. I failed my driver's license <laughs> three times too, so that's all good. But yeah. don't worry, everyone that drives with me knows I'm safe. The beauty now. of this story <laughs> is that one day before the due date to be accepted as a university, I got my final results. No way. So it was, I had one day to get admitted to school and I did it. Good for you. Yes. You pursued and, and you, you did it. Yes, it was fun. Good for you. Thank you. Ray, what about yourself? How does a gentleman all the way from Longview make his way into where you're at now? By accident. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us. I think it's a, probably a good story. Well, I have a machine or had a machine shop. I sold it last year okay. to my daughter and son-in-law, but I had it for 27 years. Okay. Started a one-man operation, built it up to, we averaged about 50 to 52 employees and machine and fab work. Okay. And had a, a guy that had worked for me. His brother still worked. He was our API in-house guy, his brother. Anyway, he he, run a, he was at a fish fry one night, one Wednesday night, and this guy came up to him and says, hey, if I want to get this product made to where we could test it, it was out of aluminum. It was a hex nut. Hmm. He said, where would we go? And he said, only one place. And so they brought it to me, and it was just an aluminum hex nut, which the oil field wouldn't work. It just ain't the right type of thing. Yeah. And so we developed it into the product that you see there in front of you today. Yeah. And for the listeners who who can't see this, you could probably check it out online, but it's like almost looks like a big washer with threads and then holes on the outside where you could stick. I mean, this is just a small version, right? Just yeah. kind of right. like a little right. to get a visual. But anyway, you actually guys have a great YouTube video on some marketing material that you put together. So I'll put the link in the show notes so people Thank can you. use it. Yeah, most definitely. But get a kind of a better idea of what yeah, we're so talking about here. They can find information on website and YouTube channel. So Yeah, no, that's awesome. So then we'll back up a little bit, Ray. So how did you get into to owning machine shop? I mean, was this something that you aspired to do like when you were young or like how'd that happen? I always worked at small shops. I didn't want to just be a number. Mm-hmm. And so I'd worked at a shop a few years and the man and his wife were killed in a car accident. And, okay. And I purchased it from the son. I had worked there previously. Gotcha. And so that's how I got into business for myself. But I've always been one just to take hold. I go to your house and your grass needs mowed, I'll just go out there and mow it. Okay. I'm not going to just sit there and look at it and go, he needs to mow the grass. Right. And so I've always had the initiative to take things and move forward with it. Good for you. That's rare, honestly. And so obviously you got a big heart and your your initiative to, to essentially hopefully take over the, the industry is, is obviously showing. <laughs> yes, and he basically grew his that machine shop from how many people did you have? I went from one, me, from, yes. yeah. to... 52. Wow. And it's still operating. Like you said, you sold it to the, your daughter and My son-in-law? My daughter and son-in-law. Okay. What's yeah. the name of it? R&H Machine. Okay. And it's in Longview? It's in Longview, Texas. Okay. Right well, there. anyone's in Longview who needs some machine work, you know where to go. Mm. Perfect. So you sold that and then, yeah, what happened after that? Well, I had a, a R&H Manufacturing, which is what I work under now, but Safer Union. Okay. And I kept the LLCs for those two and, and just kind of went off. Because I'd been doing it for two years anyway, pretty giving all my time to it. Mm-hmm. So I just took it down the road and did some, my own thing with it. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay, well, before we keep going, because I got some obviously more questions, but I want to take a quick break. If you'd like to support the show, please subscribe and do me a huge favor. Take a few minutes and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Any feedback is welcome and appreciated, good or bad. Also, if you feel like you have a great story, an idea for a show, or if you simply just have any questions for the people I've interviewed over the last while, just let me know. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm always willing to chat. So question for either of you or both of you, let's talk about Safer Union. 
so what is each of your roles within the company and, and followed up by, you know, what, what is Safer Union? Well, my role is president in product development okay. as far as new ideas and stuff. And then I take it to Negan and say, you know, let's develop this. And, and she's out pounding the pavement and selling and, and yeah, making, so basically Ray is our inspiration yeah. inventor who comes with ideas and improves products such as Safe Reunion. Gotcha. My role mainly is to make sure that it will be properly designed and brought to the market, gotcha. which includes marketing, PR, outreach to potential clients and partners. Okay. Because there is a huge gap when you have an idea and you have a market. You need to build that bridge. Yeah. That market, that's, I mean, to ensure that market will know about that idea. Right. Well, that's, so, a, I mean, everyone has good ideas. And I, even myself, I struggle sometimes with the good idea. Like, how do mm-hmm. I actually get it and execute from point A to point B to point C, which is hopefully the market? And, and so having a team of people like yourselves who the idea and then someone like yourself that can bridge the gap, but that's extremely important because with and ideas alone don't do anything, right? You, you, need, you need to actually put them in place and, and go through the pros, you know, proper process of you know, whether it's quality control or making sure it meets spec and finding someone to build it and concept and trial. and There's a lot that goes into it. So that's, it's kind of neat how you guys found that team obviously early on and, and are making it work. So Correct. And in this process, it's a process. You cannot skip. There is no shortcuts. Mm-hmm. So you need to follow the process by properly designing your product, pilot testing, doing all those modifications, mm-hmm. and piloting, pivoting to make sure that market will adopted gotcha yeah right right well now that we know what you guys do tell me what is safer union so safer union is alternative to hammer unions okay hammer unions are basically it's units nuts which connect temporary pipelines and many other basically connections it's been on a market since 1940s so Mm -hmm. almost 80 years right Mm -hmm. nothing has been changed in terms of how those temporary pipes connect and so many injuries happen due to those hammer unions and sledgehammers and this product will change the way how people tied right so that's interesting i mean when did you say it originated in the 1940s in 1940s yes actually the patent for first hammer union was filed in 1890s wow so it took quite a while to bring the first hammer union to the market. And yes, in 1940s, they started to use it. Yeah. So, you, I mean, it, it's interesting to me that, you know, especially with oil and gas, and obviously I'm sure there's other industries that use hammer unions, like why wouldn't that technology have evolved? Like has there been no demand for anything safer or anything just more effective? I would say that there are several reasons why. Number one, it's simple and it's like a, Custom, custom, I mean, it's a simple product and mm-hmm. not many people pay attention to it, I would sure. say. The second one, there were several trials when people were trying to bring a new type of hammer unions to the market, but it was very challenging in terms of market adoption. You need to think about, about how many hammer unions on the field, right? Yeah. And to make people change their habits, right, to a new, even safer, even more efficient way, it takes some time and persistency. Right. So you need to educate people, not why, but how they use it and basically why they need to do it. Right. Ray, do you have something to add? Well, there's there's about a half a billion hammer nuts, hammer unions in the field every day. So there's a lot of room for mistakes. 
Right. There's a lot more injuries from the hammer than there are from the hammer union. So we're trying to take the hammer out of the oil field. Right. Well, I can, I can, <laughs> I'm a statistic with that. Now, well, I wouldn't say it's a statistic, but I've had experience quite a bit with hammers and hammer unions. And yeah, when it's cold or it's wet, that hammer, you're swinging down at it. I can't tell you how many times I've hit my legs and feet and I mean, missed a hammer union, broke the hammer where the, you know, the hammer flies off. And yeah, so it, again, it's, you know, my time in the field has, has been a while, but something like this would have certainly helped me and my job. So I, I can identify with you. And I've seen smashed fingers and just people smashing their shins and to where they, they, they have to take off of work because of, you know, hitting themselves with a hammer. And yeah, it's challenging. So again, I, I applaud you guys for taking that leap of faith and, and trying to make the industry more, you know, safer, safer. And, and more efficient. And because yeah, ultimately when, when you're having injuries due to hammers and things like that, it they cost money and, and operators and service companies. It's lost time. It's liabilities. Yeah. It's many other things which come along when you have someone injured on a field. Of course. Of course. And I mean, nowadays, just the, the emphasis on safety is so high. Like I was telling you this morning, one of my customers, you know, we have operations meetings every morning. And I would say 70% of it is talking about safety incidences over the last 24 hours and setting, you know, setting the culture and talking about safety items and then the rest is operations assuming everything's going smooth it's mm -hmm. you know the conversation is more directed towards safety so yeah it's you guys are hitting the market at a good time so when the young man brought me the prototype the concept the year before that a couple of friends of mine had went to work for a flowback company and they were out doing a test on a well mm -hmm. had 6800 pounds on the on the two pumps that were running and they had a green hat a newbie whatever you want to call him yeah and it was a safety guy and the, and the supervisor, and they told him to go beat it and bleed it, or bleed it and beat it. Right. Because it was leaking, and he just went and got a hammer, and he come back, and he hit it, and it killed the safety guy and the supervisor and paralyzed the young man that hit it. Well, because it was pressured up, and he just went ahead and started whacking away at it. But he didn't understand all the noise and everything, and he just heard beat it, and he just went over there and took a hammer and hit Ooh. it. And it that's scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's common. I mean, I bet you that happens on a daily basis, maybe not with that much pressure. But, I mean, I know, you know, on a rig, a line's somewhat pressured up or has fluid in it, and uh, you go to knock it off, and all of a sudden it bursts in mud or whatever flies everywhere. And so, yeah, it's it could be a dangerous operation. Well, we had uh, several meetings, and we always ask, you know, how many injuries. And they don't really tell you numbers, but we've had several of them give us around 75% of their injuries are from the hammer and Probably 50% of that is on a union. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can shoot. I, I can see that. So where did the original sort of the idea or, or the concept come from with how the actual design is? Like, where did that come from? Well, there's another young man that's named Will Broussard that's part of our group. And okay. He, he's not the one that brought it to me, but he, he was a part of the group, that, the company that owned the, the rights to it. Oh, okay. They were working on a patent and everything. And it's, and we have gotten the, the design patent and the utility patent probably not too far down the road. And he, he, he worked in uh, Saudi with another gentleman, and they just had some incidences over there. And they were flying home from Saudi Arabia one night and decided, hey, this, this is what we need to do. Right. Huh. Interesting. So did either, like, either of you ever think you'd be part of a startup or, or, you know, did, I mean, you obviously had your own business, so you kind of had the entrepreneur mentality, but... What about you? I mean, was there something like, did you always aspire to be an entrepreneur and start a company like this? Uh, yes, actually. And on my, I mean, 
I am a partner right now at LNU product development team. So yeah. basically that one entrepreneurship was always in my blood. I yeah. grew up in a family of entrepreneurs and I was around entrepreneurs as well. This particular company, I just believe in it. And I know that this product is needed on the market and I see the demand and I see that challenge, you know, like to change the mindset of the industry and I like challenges and I know that it's needed. Right. Because you cannot imagine with how many rig men or rig hands we have talked who told us that they love it, they need it, they're exhausted mm -hmm. to swing those hem sledgehammers. Yeah. And right now for us the main challenge and goal is to make sure that company men or like corporate offices will start using this product because it's safer, it's needed there. So, and I wanted to accept this challenge and join the team to make this product a choice of our industry. I love the industry. I mean, yeah. I grew up here. This is this industry who made who I am. Yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and so. and you, you can get somebody that's a box boy at a grocery store and teach him how to use a safer union to where not everybody has a hand coordination to where they can use a hammer and, and actually do a good job. Yeah, yeah. I actually had Will do a, he was a company man in the Northeast, and I had him do a test for me, just go out there and count how many times they hit the hammer union to tighten it, and then how many more times. And he sent me all the numbers back, and I did the data, and it's at 30% of what the effort they put into it, it was tight. Hmm. Wow. So seventy percent of the time they were sitting there beating on the hammer union, it was just wasted. wasted. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. So each each swing is a as a an incident could happen. Right, right. So and I can see that too. So I, I looked at the video that you guys had and is there so like when you like on I'm just thinking from my experience, you're hitting on a hammer union. I mean, you basically beat it until it doesn't move anymore. And then you may wiggle it both both ends to make sure, you know, there's no, it's not loose. And then you hit it again. And you go ahead and you pressure test, obviously, if it's a high pressure line. But there's a way to actually, like, when you throw, and we can talk a little bit more about the design and how it works. But when you, I noticed he put the, I forget what it's called. Basically, it just looks like torque a range. pole. It's a, a bar. A bar. Is it a, a, is it a torque bar or like how, well, we, how do you actually know what the well we actually have a torque bar but we'll just start from the beginning of our progression okay you watch the one with the two gentlemen we're doing a hammer nut and a safer union yes yeah they're twins they're pretty cool guys okay <laughs> um they fought over who was going to do the safer union yeah yeah so, nice a hammer you, you say you've tightened up hammer union so you actually know when it's tight you can feel when it's tight yeah it's like but you, it's you just dead. keep hitting it Oh yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to be that guy who did who tightened up a hand union and it didn't get tight enough. Because so it goes back to what I it goes back to what I said a while ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so the bar you're going to apply about 400, 450 pounds of torque on a four foot bar, two hundred pound man. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just math. Okay. So Halliburton had asked us to do a test. We had done a, a presentation in Duncan, Oklahoma, and they asked us to do a test: the hammer union versus the safer union. So we went back and we took a, a hammer union. We tightened it up with a hammer, with an eight-pound hammer. He, he requested to use an eight-pound hammer because they don't let them use 20 and 30s unless there's a problem. Okay. So it's, it's all down to smaller hammers now, too. Right. And so we tightened it up. There's three of us. We did it three times each, and we used a, a gauge to measure the torque when we released it because how, you, how much you tighten it doesn't matter. It's how tight it is. And so when we released it, 
And then we did the same thing with a safe reunion, the same distance from the center of the nut. Everything was filmed. And the safe reunion was 240 pounds tighter than the hammer. Oh, wow. Now, of course, you could get a 30-pound hammer and beat it to oblivion, but I could get a six-foot bar and get it tighter, too. Yeah. And I would imagine someone who's, let's just say, you know, because obviously we're not all created equal, 130-pound, let's say 20-year-old, new to the field, kind of doesn't have necessarily the strength. He could tighten it up just as much as you or I could, couldn't he? Correct. So, I mean, yeah. That, that's, and that's relative, but yes, he could get it tight enough. Enough, enough to pass whatever sort of pressure test they need or whatever. We went to a meeting in at Rowan Industries here in town, which is now something else. But mm-hmm. And they the, the guy that's over the, the Saudi Arabia work with the Ramco said, how do I know my product's tight? Or you, how do you, I know your product's tight when I'm up on the rig? And I said, we well, just put the bar in it and you can tell. And he said, that's not good enough. Mm. And so I went back and I designed a torque wrench that's not just like a normal torque wrench. It, it works the same in the end, but, mm-hmm. and it has, you can adjust it. It's adjustable. And we have a electronic calibration device that you can adjust it to whatever you want it. If you, Uh-oh. if you divert one a little more, a little bit less. Yeah. And so we had it, I set it at, at 450 pounds and we were at a show at Lagco in Lafayette and the young lady that probably weighed about 120 125 pounds came by and I said, Hey, do you mind doing a demonstration here? And if you go on YouTube and you look up safer, you, you'll you see, can it. see it. Yeah. And she, it clicks, you know, when it's done. Right. So huh. you can still pull on it, but you know, it's, when it clicks, it's at the same value as it would be if the bar, if you tightened it with a bar. No kidding. Pretty close. So you can quantify obviously that how tight it is. And then, right. which is, which is important because yeah, you never know. I mean, I could see that you throw a bar in there and tighten it up. You don't really know. I mean, so if you got the the technology to be able to show you, then that's, especially for these, you know, while everyone is very, you know, keen on the data and making sure everything mm-hmm. is, you know, passes whatever, you know, just passes whatever it is that they need to. That That's that's good. So obviously you guys have adapted and, and, and met the demands uh, where needed. Yeah, definitely. And plus, when you use our safe reunions on your location, you can basically check the torque value on already tightened nuts. Right. Meaning mm-hmm. that you will ensure, especially when it comes to high-pressure applications, that all the connections have sufficient torque value. You have right. a peace of mind. That yes, it gives you a peace of mind. So like they rigged up a frack spread, and they'll do it with just a regular bar. I mean, that's what I would want to do it with. Right. But your supervisor or the lead guy there could go and put a, the, the torque bar in it and be comfortable and have peace of mind that they are tight. Right. Okay. No, that's cool. So describe if if you were to go replace a bunch of hammer unions. I mean, you essentially would take, because do you only need to replace the hammer union part? You obviously don't need to replace Right. The, it's compatible to any any good brand, any good product that's out there. Right. FMC, we're... Kemper, they'll fit same place they are. So you could actually take the nut off and, and put the hammer union on it, or the safer union on it. Right. So you don't need to actually replace like the threading part on the if it's if it's good and it's and it's got the snap ring where you can take the segments out yeah. and you can exchange it. So what has been done is the surface outer design of the nut was changed. So we still have the same figure number. We have the same dimensions, sizes. Okay. So it's all like all the dimensions and specifications of the product the same as for hammer union 
Right. It's just we eliminated those wings, gotcha. which cause main injuries. Right. So, so it's just the part that spins, basically, for people that are out there that are trying to get out. Correct. It's that, literally the just tightening a, application is different. It's, the tightening application is different, but yeah. all the threads and sizes are the same as with standard hammer unions. Gotcha. So can you use any rod? I mean, assuming it doesn't bend, or do you guys recommend using, like, if you were to ship this out uh-huh. to a rig or to a frack fleet or whatever, however that, whatever that looks like, do you send, like, the bars specific for well, these, or...? The nuts have a, a pin in each hole, mm-hmm. and when you, I don't think oh, the I sample see it. Has, yeah, it does. Yeah. And when you put the bar in there, it's at a forty-five degree, and you turn it, the forty-five degrees, and then yeah. it will not slip out. So if it's overhead or, or what have you, then right, then you don't have to worry about it falling on your head. Yeah. Or if you slip, if it, if it was not if for the pin, then it, when you're pulling on it on the ground, you could, especially a tall guy, he could pull on it and it would come up and he'd fall. So it yeah. takes that out of it. Right. That was going to be my question is if obviously you have a rod in there and it's say whatever, it's cold freezing and it's icy and that thing slips out or it's wet. But yeah, there's like a little pin to where it's like a locking mechanism to where it won't won't pull out, which is obviously important. I would have, that would have been my first concern. But after seeing that, then obviously you guys got that part covered. And there's a clevis on each one in the center of the bar that you can put a safety lanyard on. Okay. Yeah. So talking about the bars, you will need to purchase either a bar or torque wrench, preferably both, right? For each location, basically, depending on the amount of nuts goes to a field or particular, I don't know, fleet, whatever we have in mind, they will need to have a bar and torque wrench, right? To tighten it up, yeah. And as you see, all those modifications like holes and peel pins, yeah. So they were designed due to customer request. So we run several pilot projects with several service companies and most of the, those changes and improvements were due to their request. Nice. Because they tested, they gave us a feedback and we implemented those yep. modifications to make sure that it will be done for them. So Now the threads are the same engagement as the length of it is the same as, as a regular, regular wing. hammer union. Yeah. Oh, good. No, that's interesting. And the same diameter. Same length, so yeah, it it'll fit in the same profile that that a hammer nut would if for storing it on a truck or a rack or something. Gotcha. So what I mean, when you go approach potential customers with the idea, what's the biggest sort of feedback? I mean, is everyone? I mean, to me, it, may, it would it would make sense that everyone would say, yeah, like let's go ahead and do it. I mean, what are some of the challenges you guys are experiencing trying to get this to market? We haven't met anybody that didn't love it, right? I think the biggest challenge that I see and Onega may see something different, but is that there's so many hammer nuts out there. They think they have to replace them all. Sure. And you don't, you just, you just, if you just did a certain area at a time or something and tried it and hopefully they like it enough, they would want to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, just knowing hammer unions, I mean, you could have a bunch out there and then as they slows, as those wings slowly get nubbed down to looking like a mushroom and you got to replace it anyways, just throw this bad boy on there. So it's because eventually those aren't those not are going to last forever, right? right? And every six months they they test the iron, which they it's funny they don't test the nut of anything, <laughs> right? If they see a visible crack, they'll change it. Yeah, but if somebody wanted to change out a fleet or a string, the time to do it would probably be at the six month interval when they have it off the rig and yeah, and doing the test makes sense. Yeah, interesting. So what are, I mean, what are some of the challenges? Like other than them just saying, well, there's just too many to deal with. I mean, is there anything else that you guys are experiencing that you guys are trying to overcome? Or Well, one of the things, 
has been the price. Mm-hmm. And and we were in Vescaston, the unions, and so we've had a customer that, like she said, that the customers kind of lead the the wagon sometimes. And yeah, and they wanted us. They said they'd only want a uh, forged union, and so we looked into that. And what's great about it is the price is a little bit cheaper, so we can cut the price and and hopefully make it a little more appealing to the customer. Yeah. So the main challenge, as I see it right now, is that the industry experience a cash flow problems, and when they move to when they will move and moving to our safer union sol- solution, it requires initial investments. Yeah. So even though they will have savings, I would say huge savings in the long run, when it comes to replacement of hammer unions, we don't need to replace our safer unions because we see that it can be used within five years, right? Right. They will save on potential liability, on potential loss time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the question when it comes to initial investments, so my cash flow and money, I, I would say one of the major things which stops yeah. the adoption of this product. Yeah. Well, it's going to be, it's going to have to be a culture change too, right? Yes. And, I had a conversation with one of the Rickhands and he liked the idea, but the reason why he didn't want to use it on the field because his thing was, how would I know without that ring sound that it my connection achieved a proper torque value? Yeah, there's so some... apparently when you hit a sledgehammer on those things, there is a special sound. Yeah, it kind of goes from a ringing to like a like a more of like a Ripe watermelon. Yes, dun, yes, dun, yes, dun. yes, yeah. yes. It's yeah. Anyone who's hit one, they, they totally understand, and 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 rightfully so. I mean, I know if if I was on a rig and you came out here and said, "Hey, use this pole with this new thing," you know, the the male ego in me would say, "No, I want to pick <laughs> up a big hammer and and hit it hard because that's what we do." So I, I could see it. I mean, it could be pushed from corporate down, obviously, but being on a rig, I, I could see there being some pushback, and just just from the you know, like I said, males or females. I mean, that there's some you know, badge of honor when you can throw around a, a 10 or 12 or whatever heavy hammer and, and whip together some hammering unions. It's like, I remember being on a rig and I couldn't do it. And I looked up to guys, I could swing a big hammer and hit up some <laughs> hammer unions. So it's, yeah, you're going to have to change the mindset and change the culture. But it's changing already. There's it is. so many solutions and innovations already on the field. So this one will make it even better and safer. Yeah. I don't think that everybody likes to go home exhausted. No. And one of the reasons of that exhaustion is Hitting that sledgehammer <laughs> during the hot weather, especially if it's yeah. in West Texas or here in Houston, right? I don't think that it feels good. Right. No, that's exactly. Well, I mean, is there anything else that you want the listeners to know about with Safer Union? I do have a couple other questions. They're more on the personal side of things, mm-hmm. but is there any sort of closing or, or well, any last thoughts regarding well, Safer Union? We have several MSAs, but they haven't come to fruition of sales. Okay. Patterson UTI, last Labor Day, Will and myself, we flew to Denver and put a five a five inch ten oh two three foot pup joint on their mud line mm-hmm. and then I, I went to South Texas and I did one the next week and the uh, result of that is that they gave us an MSA. Yes. Wow, good. To that's exciting. So we're just now hopefully they're gonna start doing some more of that. Mm-hmm. So I think the main thing for us right now is to find those early adapters yep. who will join our movement of making the oil field a safer place. So freight companies, flowback companies who wants to try it out. We have special deal or promotion. 
you name it as you want, where we can sit and discuss how we can help them mm-hmm. to implement our safe reunions on rig. So we can discuss and payment terms and everything associated with how we can make them happen. Yeah. Make them adapt. For oil companies like BP or those who are very big on safety. So by having our product on the field will I hope eliminate all the injuries, but at least reduce number of recorded accidents on the field. And basically everyone else, influencers who wants to share news about this product and make sure that it will become industry choice one day. Right. Yeah, so call us. We have a website. We have a LinkedIn presence. And mm-hmm. to test it out, we can do a presentation. And let's together make it a industry choice. Yeah. To make our so if we would get better. somebody like a BP or ConocoPhillips or somebody that's of that caliber to desire it on the equipment that the service companies brought out, that would be the, the, the good deal. Right. It will take a collaboration between many ent- entities, between service companies, oil company distributors, OEMs. We need to work on building this collaboration to make sure that everybody <clears throat> understands the value of this product. Of course. And we will want to use it. Because almost every single entity in oil field will benefit from usage of it. Right. So that and that was one of my going to be one of my questions is, have you? I mean, obviously you've approached folks like Patterson and, and uh-huh. things like that. But what about the the people who actually manufacture hammer unions? So AF Global they used our unions on several pilot, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Take it from there. On a, on a new frac pump um, they're yes. designed and okay, they like it a lot and they have it on their. It was at OTC the last two years. Nice. And a couple other shows they did. So Crossovers. They're promoting it. And they had more questions and people inquiring about the safe reading on the rig than they did the rig. <laughs> no kidding. That's good. It just, you know, takes time. When I first learned how long it takes for top drives to become an industry choice, it's almost 20 years yeah. since the day of top drive was invented <laughs> till it used yeah. in the industry all, all the rigs. But Right now you think like how could you ever like drill right without, without a top drive? the top drive? Well, I'm here to tell you it sucks because I worked on a Kelly rig for about three years mm-hmm. and it's 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 fun, but it's definitely not as easy as drilling the top drive. But yeah, it's nowadays you would look and say, how in the hell would we do this? And Correct. So yeah, I, I get it. it. It took a while, and it yeah, I mean it's it's people have you know find change challenging and people. It's, you know, the whole industry is, you know, why would we change it? This is how we've always done it and it works. But so. it's changing. Of course. Which is exciting. Yes, right now we are going through this disruptive change, I would say. So we want to innovate. We want to become leaner and cleaner, right. which is awesome. And we've done all kinds of testing too. It's not just something we made something and here it is and of course enjoy it. So we've done a year and a half of testing. We, we put 50,000 PSI on a nut to pressure test it. Mm-hmm. 22.5 would have been the the high of the pressure test, if you'd actually done a proper pressure test, but I was trying to destroy it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you need to think about it. We have about 400 unions on the field right now with different service companies, and we never had any complaints about it. Yeah. What we hear, just them sharing on social media or just texting us that we love it, we need it. So it just takes time. So, right. And we are getting there slowly, but steadily we are making the change. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate the, the, all the information on Safer Union. I have a couple more questions for both of you. Uh-huh. Do either of you have any daily habits or routines that create a recipe for success in either your personal life or your career? 
get up and get it done. Get up and go. I like it, Ray. Keep it simple. Consistency. Set your goals. Make sure that you follow up with those goals. And if you are doing it, do, do it with dedication. Yeah. I mean, there is nothing, anything is possible. I am preparing right now for Ironman and I can tell you. You're doing an Ironman? Yes, wow. 70.3. No way. Yeah. Good I, for you. Thank you so much. And anything is possible. And it's fact. Yeah. When you set your goal, when you put all your efforts to reach that goal, you can do anything. Yes. And dream big. I mean, when you're doing something, you need to do it for a purpose, to know the why, you know? Like, yeah. And this is what will make you wake up in the morning, go through all the challenges, especially when you're an entrepreneur, right? Life is going up and down, up and down, yeah. almost daily. <laughs> no kidding. So, yeah, anything is possible. Just right. set goals and follow up with them. So where's the where's sorry where's the Croatia? Ironman? Okay, I will, it's like a very funny thing. I wanted to go f to Croatia for the last two years. Yeah, and they have unbelievable trace over there. Okay. So yeah, right after what you see, I will jump on a plane and do go it. Go do it. So you're training every day. Yes, I am training. Swim, bike, run, repeat. Swim. Correct. So it's fun. I, I did. But a, I love it. You did. So have you done a sprint or like a like so Olympic no. One? So you're I, going straight for an Ironman. Correct. Oh my God, you're crazy. I like challenges. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. I did a sprint and it nearly. I mean, my cramped up so bad, and it's only like a three or like a two and a half mile run at uh -huh. the end of it. So to never have done a triathlon well, and going to an Ironman. Seventy point three, so it's like a half Ironman, right? Oh, it's a half Ironman. It's a half oh, Ironman. Okay. So I didn't know that. I, I'm starting a little bit slowly, but I have a good team of people who train me. Right. If you've got a so, good program yeah. and you're training, I mean, obviously, I didn't train much for it, so that probably is yeah. The that's why it of... took a year to make it. You know, like take it slowly, but <laughs> yeah. make sure that you will done it right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about it. Cool. Well, yeah. you answered actually the next question, which was going to be basically tell us something that not many people know about or just kind of a surprise. Uh -huh. that, so obviously doing an Ironman. Ray, what about you? You got any hidden secrets, anything cool that you're doing on the side? Nah, no. Nah. Well, we uh, great Texas balloon races this weekend in Longview. No kidding. Okay, so it's a hot air balloon race? Yep. No we, way. <laughs> we have concerts and such and balloon glow at night. So Okay, so you're heavy into the hot air balloon scene or what? Uh, I'm on the committee. We do the... The event every year. No way. What's the craziest hot air balloon you've ever seen? I know they come in all There's, sorts of different colors and mm -hmm. stagecoach. Yeah. There was a stagecoach last year out there. Really? It's so crazy. describe what that is. Just huge. I mean, it took three times as many people to do that balloon <laughs> than it did the rest of them. So. No way. And I, I started doing it to take my grandson, and it was close to the house. And that is too cool. So it's a they have it's their forty second year. Okay. Nice. So. How high do those hot air balloons go? Three or four thousand feet. So what happens if you get too high? Does it eventually guess, come down? I guess you'd come down. Yeah. <laughs> but you control it through. I, I don't balloon. I, I've never been in one. I've been every year. What? Today I could have went up on one. You never went in an air hot air balloon? I, I get invited every year by one of the pilots. And we have pilots from all over the world. No kidding. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Huh. I would love to go in one. I think it'd be a cool date to do with my wife. Well, like, there's always up. something that comes up as in this podcast. Right today, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ray, you should invite right now. Be, come to us. Come to Longview. It will be fun. Yeah. So you said it's this weekend. It's this weekend. I'm actually going to be in Denver. So uh. otherwise, I might try. And get <laughs> it's there. a little bit long trip there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But I know my daughter, who's three and a half. She <laughs> would like die and go to heaven if she could go in a hot air balloon. Because if she sees him, she goes nuts. Well, at the event, there's nobody that goes up except the pilots. But they like today they they were giving rides to. 
Yeah. Did people. you take your grandson there? No, but he's going to go when I go. Yeah, so yeah. your daughter will have a good friend. He has an yeah. awesome grandson. There you go. Yes. No kidding. So uh, one thing about a balloon is, and I haven't been in one, but you don't feel the wind. It could be blowing 15 miles an hour and you wouldn't feel it because you're going with the wind. You're part of the wind. Right, because so there's no, no such thing as headwind, right? No. You're going with the wind. So you're you, going to go, you got headwind, but it's going to go where they, you're going to head where it goes. Yeah. That's such, it's such a neat concept. I would love to go on one. And I think it'd be so crazy being on this. Cause like how big is like, it's what, like maybe four or five feet by five feet ish. Well, or? some of the gondolas, I mean, they, they've had some that you can put 30 people in. It's sure. a huge balloon, but. But the most of the ones you see like floating around, like just it's, in the it's city. It's probably a four foot by four foot. It's, yeah. it's really just enough for one or two people maybe. And you never really hear of them like hitting buildings or like falling to the earth. Like I've never heard of a hot air balloon incident. Does that happen? It happens, but we've never had one thing. Thank God. In the race, yeah. But it, it does happen, but it's very rare. Yeah. That's cool. That's neat. You mentioned that. Like it's uh and that's why I always ask the question because it creates interesting mm -hmm. conversation, like, you know, triathlons and hot air balloon races. So I appreciate it. <laughs> so other than that, it's time for our sponsor giveaway. Tendeka gives away a mini portable projector perfect for home theater, boardroom, office, and pocket video. For a chance to win, click the link in the show notes. And Julie, why don't you take a moment to tell us about some upcoming events? Hey, it's Julie here, and I have a few OGGN announcements before we're heading into the events on deck. Street team, we are still taking volunteers for our street team. We're only asking for an hour of your time per week in exchange for perks such as free entry to our happy hours, shirts, networking with other young professionals in our group. The group is within Facebook, but you do not have to have a Facebook to join. Just send me an email. The link will be in the show notes and I can get you started. Our happy hours. We are actually moving to quarterly happy hours rather than monthly. So our next Houston happy hour, as well as Midland, will be in August or September. Be on the lookout for that date. You'll get an invite if you're on the list. If not, you can sign up on the list below. And then we are launching another happy hour in denver in august so if you're interested in that one the link is in the show notes as well to be notified we don't have a date or details for that yet but they're coming up okay now on to the events on deck we have golf for good on june 11th 2019 in houston texas all proceeds go to help redeemed ministries with our long term recovery program and safe house to help victims of human trafficking become survivors. So mark your calendars and be ready to golf for good with Redeemed and our organizers Global SEM Energy and Red M. For more information on how to sponsor or register, just click the link in the show notes. Data-driven drilling and production conference is June 11th through 12th in Houston, Texas. This is where Silicon Valley meets oil and gas. Register at the link in our show notes below. The Energy and Data Conference is June 17th through 19th in Austin, Texas. This forward-looking conference will include the latest in digital transformation trends as they relate to the energy sectors with topics such as machine learning and data management storage, oil and gas development and drilling production, and more. Link down below. Energy Exposition is June 26th through 27th in Gillette, Wyoming. The Energy Exposition 
is for those who would like to know more about procedures, technology, safety, environmental practices, and equipment used in the oil and gas industry. And again, the link is in our show notes. Argentina Oil and Gas and Energy Summit 2019 is on July 10th and 11th in Buenos Aires. This summit's actually the first and only official event for the Argentinian oil and gas and energy industries. It will present a unique platform for networking that will bring together existing and future operators in the oil and gas industry in Argentina and Latin America. Next up is the 2019 IPANM annual meeting that Mark, Jake, and Paige will actually be speaking at. This will be July 24th through 26th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this year's theme is Addressing Operator Needs in 2019. And next up is Desk and Derek Fort Worth second annual shoot for the future clay shoot. This clay shoot will be on July 26th in Decatur, Texas. And then last but not least, Summer Nape. This is going to be August 21st and 22nd. It's where the deals happen. Awesome. Thanks, Julie. I also want to mention the OKC Fin, Feather, and Fur, which will be happening Friday, October 11th at Heritage Place, Oklahoma City. It's relatively new for the Oklahoma region, so go ahead and show them some love by going onto the AAD website and signing up, or you can hit up Courtney Strang with Inwell for more details. Anyone out there interested in some oil field hockey, come join the Hack and Whack crew here in Houston for some old-timer hockey. We do it every two weeks at Memorial City Mall Ice Rink. Hit me up on LinkedIn for more details. And if you're looking to get in shape and you live in the Katy area, or if you just want to drop in, visit KTX Fit in Katy, Texas, and get a free trial by telling one of the coaches that I sent you. Thanks again for listening to Oil & Gas Onshore. If you're looking for more info, visit oilandgasonshore.com. Folks from Safer Union, thank you so much for visiting us today. Is there, for the listeners out there, what's the best way to reach out to either one of you? Is, you know, LinkedIn or his website? What's, like, what's kind of the best? The website and LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, yes. we'll put all the links in the show notes, the LinkedIn, the website, and I'll put both of the YouTube videos that I found, unless there's another one that you want thank me you, to do. Yes. But. And I also have another request. Guys, yeah. those who work on the field, if you will have any pictures of ha- smash hammers or something related to it, okay. please share it with us. Smashed hammers yes. or hammer unions? Yes. Just anything related to... Yes, how things can go bananas. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So for all the listeners out there, please support Safer mm-hmm. Union by sending some pictures, hit her up on LinkedIn, and share some information that would certainly help their team grow and kind of help better plan their business. So other than that, that's a wrap. And always remember, when the density's up and the gas is down, open the choke. Let's go to town. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Tune in next week for another captivating episode of Tendeka's Oil & Gas Onshore Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasglobalnetwork.com.